Export to Japan Podcast. Bringing you the latest information on the Japanese market and doing business in Japan from the British Embassy in Tokyo. For the web's richest resource for companies looking to do business in Japan, visit exporttojapan.jp. And now, today's host, Steve Crane. Welcome to the Export to Japan podcast. Today, I'm joined by Robert Held. Robert is a Tokyo based entrepreneur who, after beginning his career in advertising, founded his company, Custom Media, in 2008. Now, in their 10th year, Custom Media has gone from strength to strength. Among many others, it publishes the journals of the British Chamber of Commerce in Japan and the American Chamber of Commerce in Japan. It's also the company behind Business in Japan TV, an online bilingual video channel about successful entrepreneurs, executives, and companies doing business here in Japan. I had a great conversation with Robert today about the intricacies of social media in Japan. We covered the key numbers of most of the popular platforms and we dived into the details of the demographics and user base that each platform maintains. Throughout the conversation, Robert gave us some great insights into what sets the Japanese social landscape apart from other markets and what you should consider before publishing your first post in Japanese. And without any further preamble, we bring you Robert Held. So, I'm sitting here with、uh, Robert right now. Robert, welcome to the Export to Japan podcast. Thank you for having me, Steve, and it's good to be back. Yeah, we're, we're delighted to have you back with us. So, for this discussion,、um, Robert, we're going to learn all about、uh, social media and the trends in Japan, and I'm, I'm looking forward to picking your brains on that. And just for the、uh, help of our listeners right now,、um, I plan to sort of generally break this down into three topic areas. So, first of all, I'm going to ask you to give us a brief overview of the whole sort of landscape in Japan and the various different、uh, social media options. Then I want to ask you a little bit more about the do's and don'ts and, and learn from some of your experiences of what's worked well, but also a little bit about what's not worked so well. And then I want to move on to your thoughts on more strategic advice and solutions based on your experience in Japan. So we'll come on to those two sections a little bit later if that's okay with you. But to, to kick things off, I'd really like to ask you to give us a sort of a brief overview of what channels are available in Japan, what are popular, and why are they popular? Sure. Well,、um, Twitter is the most popular social media channel in Japan at the moment, it has about 45 million. Active users and shows no signs of slowing down. It's、uh, gained popularity since the 2011 you know,、um, earthquake and natural disasters. And just the fact that、um, users can be anonymous and that Japanese language tweets are, can communicate a lot more information is part of the reasons why it's very popular. And、um, Facebook is the second most、uh, popular channel. Has about 28 million active view,、um, users in Japan. Facebook's growth is stagnating. However, you know, it is slowly、uh, maintaining its relevance in the market. And Instagram is the most rapidly growing social network in Japan, has about 20 million followers. And also, the fact that it is, provides users an opportunity to be. Anonymous and the layout and highly visual aspects of the channel is also appealing to users. 
Hmm. Okay, that's very interesting. So just to sort of summarize that, I think we're dealing with a population here in Japan of about 120 or 125 million people, I think, aren't we? So of that uh, population, you're saying Twitter has around 45 million active users, Mm -hmm. Facebook, 28 million active users, and Instagram, 20 million active users. Facebook's a little bit stagnant uh, in terms of its growth, but Twitter and Instagram are very much on a growth curve upwards, right? Would that be a fair summary? Yeah, okay, got that. Now, we'll dive into the detail of a little bit more of those three that you've mentioned in in a few minutes, but I'm curious to see that you didn't actually mention LinkedIn there. So could you tell us a little bit about the the current situation with LinkedIn in Japan? LinkedIn um, doesn't go well with the Japanese social culture uh, or business culture. Um, well, if you consider it, you know, LinkedIn is seen more of as a um, job site than, you know, a social media channel. So I think Japanese, you know, business people are quite wary of putting their information out there. Um, and, you know, God forbid, any of their bosses sees their profiles <laughs> online, so they might mistake it for them looking for jobs. Ah. And um, But that, that trend is changing, though. You see a lot more younger Japanese, uh, you know, in their 20s that are joining the LinkedIn platform and also a lot of internationally minded Japanese business people are, you know, active on the channel. So there is, uh, uh, you know, room for growth for LinkedIn and there are things that they can do to, you know, reach the Japanese users, but it's definitely not the ideal, you know, social uh, media channel for Japanese. Okay. Okay. And that's part of the reason. And, you know, uh, one other channel is, of course, Line. Line is uh, very popular. They've got about 71 million, you know, active users. But it's it's more of a communication um, chat channel rather than a social media channel. But that being said, um, Line is very innovative in the service offerings. They have live news feeds. Um, they, you know, have launched Line payment gateway services, shopping, jobs, music, a variety of services targeting the end user. So they have a very active, I think about 90% of the 71 million Line fans are active on a daily basis wow. on you know, the, the app. So it's pretty is, amazing. Is Line a sort of Japan-specific platform? No, it's it's a global platform. Oh, okay. It's launched by okay. a Korean company, right? And it's it's very you know popular in Japan mm. as a chatting. Uh, okay, very good, useful. Any others in particular? I mean, they're the main ones we've gone through. But are there any others out there on the on the radar that you're aware of at all? Yes, there's uh, one called Snow, launched by Line just about a year and a half ago. Uh, it's very similar to Snapchat, and it's very popular in Japan because you know, uh, unlike Snapchat. Um, you know, users of Line, uh, Snow can edit pictures, add funny faces, and several other features that allows them to then share that content on other social media channels, such as you know Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and so on. Um, so Snow is one of the up and coming you know popular social media channels that's owned by Line, and Line is investing a lot in that platform. Okay. Okay. So. That's a good o- overview and introduction, Robert. In terms of diving in a little bit deeper on some of this stuff then, so what can you tell us about uh, your knowledge of any demographics for those key channels that you've mentioned? Could you expand on that a little bit more? Yes, please? I mean, uh, Twitter, for example, you know, you, you uh, about 35% of the Japanese population is on Twitter, if you look at it that way, and of which 45% are female and 55% are male users. Uh, the interesting you know, fact about Twitter is the most active 
audience, the most active group are in their 20s, um, followed by you know, the 30-year-olds and then the 40-year-olds. Uh, if you take Facebook, um, on the other hand, about 22% of the population or Japanese population are on Facebook, and uh, 43% female, 37% male demographic, right? Um, whereas if you look at the active number of fans on Facebook, 40% of them are in their 40s. Mm. So the most active you know, age group are in their 40s, which is an interesting stat for mm. a, a brand or a, or a, a product because you know, the 40-year-olds the have better spending power mm. you know, and they are well-traveled you know, and they are, you know, well, well engaged. Probably likely to be in more decision making positions. You know, when you're talking about the difference with B2C and B2B, these mm -hmm. kind of people might be in more powerful positions in their companies to make decisions over budget or, or things like that. So exactly. Yeah, that's very interesting. Instagram is a growing, you know, popular, very popular social media channel. It's growing rapidly. 56% female, 44% male. And the interesting stat here, you know, females like to take a lot of pictures, share pictures. So it's a very interesting, you know, trend on Instagram. Uh, the most active audience are in their 30s, followed by the 20s. It's definitely for a younger, you know, uh, generation. Hmm. Okay, that's excellent. Now, this is clearly a rapidly evolving sector, and you've given us some hints there of, of, of some of the changes that are going on uh, in the dynamics of each platform. W what about the, chain, the, the sort of trends that you're, you're spotting? Have you got any thoughts on things to look out for and things that are happening in, in the market right now? Yes, I think um, more and more live video streaming is becoming popular. You, know, you can do uh, live streams on Twitter, Facebook's introduced their live, you know, stream as well. Instagram, of course, and um, has also introduced something called Stories, where you can stream live events. Of course, you know, YouTube was the one that started it off with their, you know, live videos feeds. Chatbots are becoming popular these days to respond to customer um, service and. I think one of the things to keep in mind is uh, with all this content, there's just too much content out there. Mm -hmm. So Snapchat is an interesting social media channel because you know your content expires immediately after you mm -hmm. post it. So expiring content is going to be a new trend where you post something for just a short duration of time, such as you know um, Instagram stories. Mm -hmm. um, it's a lot more difficult, you know, with with the paid model for advertising on Facebook and you know, Twitter and so on to organically grow your traffic. So you need to think about how you invest in advertising to promote, you know, your channel. And um, there's also, you know, growth in virtual reality and augmented reality, which is going to be interesting to see how those things trends develop. Yeah. And finally, I think social media influencers is a big trend. So, you know, brands are engaging with influencers that have a big fan base of big following so that they can distribute their brand's message, similar to how brand ambassadors work in advertising. So social media influencers, they could be, you know, your um, well-traveled blogger or, you know, your, your fanatic of your brand. Mm -hmm. 
Okay, very good. Well, I want to come back to some of those points you've mentioned very shortly when I, I ask you a little bit more of some of your sort of strategic advice on, on how overseas brands should be thinking about entering the market. But before we get into that section, I'd really be curious to get your thoughts on some of the um, stories and anecdotes and things you've picked up over the years. I mean, your, your, your company, Custom Media, have got um, I don't know how many years, 10 years? Is it you right. recently celebrated a 10th anniversary? Didn't you? So you, you guys have picked up a ton of skills and experience with all the companies you've worked with um, over the last 10 years. So you, you've obviously had a chance to see things that work well and some stories that have gone well, but also perhaps one or two things that haven't gone so well. So what would be some of your thoughts you could share with us on, on where companies do things correctly, You know what goes well and, and, and also what goes wrong? Could you share a few thoughts on that? I think the very first thing for companies to keep in mind is, you know, not to get into this mad rush of getting on social media. We uh, get, we get, we often get requests from companies, brands, wanting to get on social media, but they don't have a clue as to why they want to get on social media and what are the objectives, you know, once they are there. So we try to slow them down to get them to take a step back to to analyze why they want to be on social media to start with. And then based on that, you know, try to get them to understand who their audience is, what are their objectives for the channel, and then choose the right channel. We just, dis- we just discussed, you know, the, the various demographics of each of the top three channels. So if you look at those top three channels and look at their demographics, you should be able to plan which channel is most suited for your brand or your you know, product or service. So once you understand that, once you understand your audience better, then you can build a strategy that, you know, blends well with your objectives. Mm-hmm. Um, often we we discourage brands from getting on social media if they don't know what they are, their goal is all about. Mm. Yeah, okay. One just, one little in- interesting question I want to ask you about the way you actually do it from, from your experience. So I know at Custom Media, you are a, a, a company based here in Tokyo, but you're, in essence, you're run by two foreigners, yourself and your, your partner, Simon. Um, in terms of the delivery of your social media on behalf of your clients, uh, presumably that's pretty much all done in Japanese, right? Or, or not, or am I making the wrong assumption? I mean, could you tell us a bit more about how that works? Yeah, at Custom Media, we are we're a bilingual content creator. So all the content we produce are either in English or Japanese or both languages. So it depends on the client, depends on their target audience. Our project management team and strategic team, you know, meets with the client to understand their goals, understand their objectives, and then produce the content, you know, in uh, sync with them. So what, that's one of the benefits of you know uh, working with custom media, for example. We can get everything done in-house from the strategy and planning to the execution, you know, implementation and execution stages. Got it. Okay, that's perfectly explained. Thank you. Okay, so just coming back to this point then, how about um, some advice on what companies shouldn't do when they think about entering the Japanese market or developing their social media plan for the Japanese market? The first thing they should do is have a plan. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, is is social media you know, relevant for you and what ch- channel should you be on, what, you know, uh, who are your demographics. And once you have a plan, then hire, you know, uh, in-house team or work with, with an agency who understands social media, who understands the way these channels work, and then be active, you know, get, get once you start uh, to be on a channel, once you've chosen a channel, be active on the channel, produce content, uh, but also 
it's important to have a tone of voice, build a brand personality, and be original, not just post for the sake of posting or tweet for the sake of tweeting, you know, and to respond proactively to your customers. So the things they shouldn't do? <laughs> well, the very first thing that I would recommend any brand or company not to do is to hire an intern and think that an intern would be able to manage your social media. Why, why would you tr entrust your brand that you've built over these years to you know, an intern to start with? That's where m many companies go wrong. So it's good to have interns to probably help you with it you know, help you to, to understand their thinking. They might be your target audience demographic, but don't entrust your social media channel to them. You know, it's important to, to uh, you know, get that right at the start. Hire professionals and build a team who understands social media, right? Um, and again, when, when you're promoting or posting content, don't overdo it. Don't spam, you know, your users. It's not about the quantity of the post, it's the quality of the post, the quality of the content that's important. It's also important not to ignore your, any comments from fans, any remarks or you know questions or negative comments. Some brands you know, have the tendency of deleting bad comments or negative comments. Mm -hmm. It's only gonna hurt your brand in the long run mm -hmm. you know, when you think about it. So you might as well address it, come up front and, and uh, you know, talk to your fan base, try to figure out what the, the problem is and you know, address it rather than in just deleting and hoping it goes away. Mm. Um, and then it's also important not to just reply with stock posts. So if somebody's commented something, just saying thank you doesn't you know, really cut it. And try to be original, try to personalize it. Uh, it's of course, to maintain workload, you might have a set of stock answers, but you know, mix them up and use them you know, um, in various situations. So it's not you know, robotic. And it's also important to remember that the end, you know, the, the consumer is, is human. So try, don't try to be too formal just to be personal and just have a general conversation because that's what social media is all about. It's, it's a platform to engage with your audience, mm -hmm. right? So if you, if you think of it that way, you, it's best to be, you know, informal and ha have a tone of voice so that you know what your brand represents. Mm -hmm. Okay. They are outstanding tips, actually. It's very good to hear you talk through those and it makes perfect sense with what you're saying. And yet I can imagine from, it's obviously experience you're talking from, and I can imagine some companies fall into the trap of doing some of those things, but it, it does seem so obvious when you, when you say it like that, that they are the things that, that companies definitely shouldn't do. Now, one other question that it provokes in my mind though, as I hear you talking through that, Robert, when we think about some of the foreign companies listening into this podcast and some of those brands out there that are maybe at that early stage of thinking about their social media strategy for Japan, and they might be thinking to engage with, with, with a, an agency like yours. For, you, for your company to be able to support some of those foreign brands with dealing with some of those issues, like you know how to respond to negative comments and how to turn that around in a constructive way or whatever, that sounds to me like you guys would have to have a very close relationship with the client and understand their their product or their service and, and their, their customer service levels and stuff like that. I mean, how does that work in reality with you and your clients? How do you form that relationship? Could you give us a bit of an overview on that for the listeners? Yes, certainly. I think the very first thing we do is if, if it's a product-based company is we we take time to learn about those products. We undergo training with the client to understand their products, understand their strategy, understand their, their consumers. You know, so we do spend time with understanding the products or the services, and we, we have training with them, understand their, 
their customer service responses, understand how they interact with their brands, because we represent the brand, so mm. we need to be right. as a part of the, their organization, yeah. so we become an extension to their organization, not just uh, you know a, um, a third-party vendor. Mm. So we, we, we take the time to engage ourselves fully with the client, to understand their product, their services, and then to represent them as you know, as an employee of their, their organization, mm. if you may. And how we help them is by understanding the consumers as well, because we are engaging with you know, the consumers on their chosen social media platform. We get you know, to understand what type of issues or what type of you know, information that consumers are looking for. So we create the content that's of, inform, you know, of help to the consumers. Yeah. So I think it's 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 very important to you know to be a part of the brand, to be a part of the company, to understand and represent them. Yeah, I, I get that totally, and that becomes so apparent in the way you're answering those questions. You know, because the the points you raise of the things to look out for are absolutely right, but of course you've got to make sure in your delivery you actually deliver that, haven't you, and, and act on that. And that's why in a challenging market like Japan, when the overseas brands are looking to come in here, and there are the not just the language barriers, but the whole cultural barriers too. I can see why it's got to be such a close relationship if they choose to work with an outsourced agency like, like, like yours. Yeah. Okay. Very good. All right. Well, let's move on. So um, I guess the next point I want to really get into with you does sort of link in a little bit with what we were discussing there. So um, it is starting to pick your brains a little bit from your years of experience on the, the strategic advice that you give and the way you work with clients and the solutions that you offer. So so just to expand a little bit on what you were saying in the previous section, I mean, where does a foreign company start when they come into the Japanese market and they're considering social media? I mean, what, what would be the advice or the thoughts you should give them when they, when they start out? Well, well, the very first step is to A, decide whether they need to be on social media. And if the answer is yes, then decide what channel is most suitable for their objectives. So establishing that you know, objective at the start and understanding their audience is very important and very critical. Uh, just again, to re reiterate, as we just discussed, the, the channels are, you know, uh, different, offer different solutions, different audiences. So it's very important to be sure as to what channel you, you pick and why that channel is relevant to your organization or your brand or your part of your communication strategy. So once you've got that you know, um, decided, then it's easier for you to start to build the channel. And later, if you feel that, you know, you can improve and you can get on other channels, sometimes we get requests, say, we want to be on social media, we want to be on Facebook, and we want to be on Instagram, but no clear, you know, uh, reason why both channels are one channel. So sometimes it's good to start with one channel, the right channel, and then if there is demand, if there is a need, you can expand. It's easier than to build out another channel or a third channel. So you can kind of scale up your activity exactly. once you start to learn and understand it. Yeah, okay. exactly. Okay. And then the next point is is content. You know, content is still king. Mm. So uh, it's not about overdoing the content. It's not about you know uh, putting out a lot of content. It's very important to you know establish your brand standards, establish your tone of voice, and then create content that's going to be relevant to your audience and useful information. So if you think about it as a consumer and as probably a user of social media, you get 
this constant flow of feed of content from various brands. So how much time do you spend? How much time do you engage with the content that you receive, right? So it's important to make sure the content is of use to your audience and it should be educational, informative, and engaging. So then you want to you know, share it with your, your uh, network, for example. Mm-hmm. And it's important also to you know, personalize your content so that it's, you know, it has an effect on the end you know, fans. Mm, okay. Do you, on that point, Robert, do you have a view that when foreign brands are looking to come into Japan, their content plan or their content approach should possibly be different because of any particular dynamics of the Japanese market? Should, should they be looking to have a local content plan? Absolutely, yes. So if, if the, the Japanese audience is your, you know, end you know, audience, then you need to make sure that your content plan is tailored for your, you know, Japanese audience. And that could be from, you know, the 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 text, the images, the type of information your market is looking for. You know, all that can change. It's not just the language, it's about, you know, what's what's of value to them as a as a as a consumer. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Very good. Yes. And so once you've got your audience set and you've got your content the most important thing, of course, for anything uh, is to make sure it's working, right? So it's important to analyze, to make sure that your content is reaching the right audience, to make sure you're getting the growth that you're looking for. So at the start, it's important to establish those KPIs and to establish, you know, achievable KPIs. Sometimes, you know, um, we, we get brands saying, oh, we want to re- reach 100,000 followers. But it's not followers that's always important, it's the reach. If you want to reach 100,000 people with your message, then you, do, you shouldn't have to worry too much about you know, the number of followers that your brand or your, your channel you know, um, builds. So you then should need to focus on getting your message out to 100,000 people versus building a fan base of 100,000. If you have a fan base of 100,000 and they're not engaging, you might as well not have that fan base. So it's important to set KPIs that are you know, going to deliver the results that you want and use you know um, analytical tools I would I recommend highly to invest in analytical tools there's so many tools out there that's there are paid services there are free services as well to get that content you know analyzed on a regular basis to make sure that you know you know you're doing the right thing you know that your audience is engaging and if they're not what steps you're taking to fix that and how you can proactively address that rather than run a campaign for six months and then realize, oh, it didn't work, so let's shut it down. Mm. You know, it's, mm. that's one of the beauties of, you know, digital media. You can analyze data on a, you know, on a, on a ongoing basis and then you know, update your campaign to suit the needs, yeah, right? Okay. So, Just another little question on that, Robert. Again, from your, your experience with the various range of clients you've worked with, what, if I'm one of those foreign brands listening into this podcast right now and I'm thinking about doing a campaign in Japan for the first time to help promote my product or my service, what would you say is the typical kind of time scale I should be thinking about in terms of sort of making my investment and when I might see results and, and how long it might take to get traction? What, what would be your sort of, I know that's probably a bit of a how long is a piece of string question, but just in, in general terms, what do you tend to feel? I would say it's six months. It's a good time frame. The first three months, you're setting up the strategy, you're setting up a plan, you're building, you know, your your fan base, so you're building your messaging strategy, and then, you know, in the 
so you have a first quarter to analyze how that's going, whether you've you've launched the way you want to launch and communicate the message you want to communicate, and if it's getting traction. And then over the next you know three months, you can see you know how the results are, you know uh, what results are being delivered, and then tweak the campaign to go. I think from start maybe a six month campaign to start with will give you a better idea as to you know whether your your objective is on track, mm-hmm. and then another six months to see you know if it's a successful campaign yeah okay okay another little question that's that that's provoked in my mind is um when you speak about um, me- measuring your performance and maybe learning from that and adjusting your your future plans and your behavior the japanese consumers if we think about to b2c marketing through social media the japanese consumers and the way they behave are there any differences in their online behavior? You know, things like the way they comment or share or anything like that. Any any differences that you would recommend that our our listeners should be thinking about? Yes, certainly. I think, you know, in general, Japanese consumers are, you know, quite reserved on, on and they're not very open um, or they don't comment too publicly com- compared to, let's say, other Asian, you know, consumers like probably uh, Philippines or Indonesia, for example. So they, when they have a comment and when they have feedback to share, it's, it's very genuine and, you know, you should pay attention. Uh, you know, unlike other, you know, countries, you might get a lot of, you know, likes and shares and tweets and, you know, overactivity mm. and you feel, wow, my brand's really getting a lot of engagement. Well, actually, are they meaningful engagements? That's a difference here. Right. I think, you, you know, um, you see you get meaningful engagement from, you know, any Japanese, you know, uh, consumer interaction, which is very important because they, they are actually paying attention to your message, to your, your communication. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a difference to keep in mind. Mm. Uh, so then when you're creating content, you need to create content that's thought-provoking, that's you know engaging with them, that that piques their interest. So I think it's very important to make sure you have that as part of your strategy. And if you feel, well, why is it, in, it's working in, in, in Indonesia, why is it not working in Japan? You know, often we get that as well. Oh, it's working in Korea, but it's not working in Japan. So you need to think, think local, think about how the Japanese consumers behave online and try to adapt your strategy around that rather than, you know, just thinking what works in other markets should work here. Mm. So do you, do you think here in Japan it's it's a little more difficult and a little more challenging because the Japanese consumer doesn't necessarily engage so easily? You've, you've really got to work a little bit harder to get that message out there in the right way to get the engagement. That's correct, yes, yeah, okay. you should. Okay, so I guess that's one of the things that you have to work hard on on behalf of your clients, right? Exactly, and, and also setting expectations, as I mentioned earlier, you know, uh, achievable KPIs, you know, just rather than, you know, setting, you know, lofty ambitions, okay, we need, you know, 100,000 followers in six months or in, in a year, try to understand, you know, what exactly is more important and then set those expectation levels accordingly. Or we need our, you know, twenty percent engagement rate. You know, again, what what does that twenty percent mean for you? Mm. It's more important to look at that rather than just putting stats on a page and mm. saying I need this kind of mm. expectations. Yeah. Because often, you know, uh, we we deal with, you know, brand directors that that set these percentages without thinking about what those percentages mean. You know, I think it's trying to understand what those percentages mean rather than just yeah. numbers. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Okay, very good. Well, just I think we're sort of covering most of the topics that I certainly wanted to um, in, in this podcast, and it's been very illuminating. Just as we get towards um, a wrap up, are, are there any particular kind of f- final comments or any advice that you'd have for our for our listeners um, today, Robert? 
Yes, I think, you know, um, allocate a lot of time for social media. Because social media is a, you know, 24-7 living organism. So you need to really think about it that way. Because, you know, while your brand is not engaging with them, your consumers are engaging with you. And, you know, you need to keep that in mind when you're creating content or creating campaigns. You know, so often we find that, you know, companies don't, you know, know how long it takes or how much you know, effort it takes to be on social media. So keep that in mind when you're planning your strategy. And, you know, keep that in mind when, you know, when you're hiring your team, you know, who's going to do what. Um, also, engagement is key, as I mentioned as well. Engagement is more important than just, you know, uh, creating a big fan base. If you have a fan base that's not engaging, then again, you might as well not have the channel. Um, and especially on channels like Twitter, you know, where you got, it's it's not about sending out one tweet a day, it's about current activities, current information. So when you're engaging with them and you're sharing information about a current situation or a current topic, it's more meaningful for them because you're having a conversation with them, you know. So unlike, you know, for example, Facebook, where you post something and they, people share it, Twitter is more like a conversation uh, in a platform so you can have that meaningful engagement with your fan base. So it's important, again, to understand the, you know, the usage of each of those channels and how, the, how do consumers use them, you know, um, which will help you then to have a more meaningful interaction with your customers and build, you know, brand equity. Um, and then, you know, finally, I think it's it's very important. Uh, I must reiterate that you should, you know, look at this as a, you know, as a as a strategy and and work with the right team, work with the you know the right agencies who understand the market, who understand marketing, and also who are able to deliver you know the results you are looking for. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's great. And kind of on that point, um, Robert, we we certainly appreciate you coming along and giving us your time today to share a, a wonderful range of, of experiences and a, a really good overview of the uh, the current uh, social media market um, in in Japan. Um, it's clear that you've got a lot of experience, but it's we all know it, this is a very crowded space. It's a fast growing space. There's a lot of experts out there and specialists out there and companies out there willing to help uh, foreign brands into the market. You at Custom Media have clearly been hugely successful. We've, we've, I've, I've watched your growth over the last 10 years and, and you guys are always continuing to move on and be innovative and work with exciting new clients and do, do amazing stuff. From your perspective, as you've grown your business, what are the sort of unique points or the differentiators that you could say to those foreign brands that might consider working with Custom Media? What makes you guys so special and, and what are the unique points that you, you could offer our audience? I think just the fact that we are a bilingual agency and you're bicultural as well. It's not just about having, you know, the ability to service in two languages. Understanding culture is very important, especially as a country in a country like Japan, uh, is, you know, extremely important. And we have a full in-house team uh, of producers. As I mentioned, we've got, you know, editors, content creators, strategists to come up with those ideas and campaigns. And we've got the production capabilities of graphic designers and web developers and, you know, video producers all in-house. So again, social media is is such a fast-paced environment. You need to be able to turn around and produce that content in a very short in a time frame, so having all those resources now enables us to help our clients, you know, get ahead of the competition and get those campaigns out, you know, in a more rapid pace, you know, than than 
you know, if you were to do it all in-house, you know, in your company and you hire one social media person, they need to be able to multitask and be able to good at, be good at editing images, writing copy, translating them, posting them, monitoring them. So it's it's a team's job. It's not a one-person job. So and, and so we've got the, you know, various skill sets all under one roof in our organization. That's the added value we bring to our clients. And by being bilingual and bicultural, we're able to adapt to, you know, both HQ's expectations and the local market's expectations as well. So that's kind of our added, you know, advantage, if you very may. Clear. Yeah, that makes perfect sense, and uh, and yeah, very valuable information for our for our listeners. So, um, I mean, once again, Robert, I just want to thank you for your time today. Thank you for sharing those wonderful wisdoms with us. Um, a big thank you for your ongoing support for the Export to Japan platform. I know you guys do a lot to to support us and support those UK companies out there that are looking to come into the market. I hope all of you listening in, wherever you are in the world and whatever time you're listening to this podcast, I hope you found that uh, informative and and useful. Please feel free if you have any questions for for Robert or if there's anything that uh, his company, Custom Media, can help you with, reach out to Robert. Um, You you can Google him. You'll find him on LinkedIn. You can find his his company and his website. Uh, Not difficult to find him. Reach out to Robert if he can help you with anything. And, of course, if there's anything that us at the Export Japan team can help you with as well, never hesitate to to get any questions or comments into us. Um, But it just finally leaves me to say a huge thank you Robert we uh, really appreciate you being on board with us today really informative stuff and uh, and uh, yeah thank you once again well thank you Steve it's uh, great to be back and I'm glad to we could have this conversation and look forward to working with you great thank you if you'd like more information about exporting to Japan or the Japanese market in general visit exporttojapan.jp if you have a question for us send it to info at exporttojapan.jp Thank you for listening.